tonight. It's the men against UCF. Let's get you psyched for that one with a little audio recap here over the next few minutes of what happened the first time these squads met up. Prejudice, partial, you better believe we are tonight. It's USF and UCF. The Bulls are supported from coast to coast, from the coast of the Gulf of Mexico to the coast of Lake Hollingsworth in Lakeland. Bring it on, baby. It's the war on I-4. Rebound backside, Javon Green. Up and down we go. 11 minutes to go first half. Bulls by a half dozen. Green, crossover. Step back. He's going to load up another three. Yes! The left-handed assassin has given the Bulls a nine-point lead. Well, the left-handed assassin is killing the Knights right now. Javon Green, left wing to Walker. Down low to Chiwa. Spin move to the baseline. Kicks it back out to DJ Patrick. Now to Javon Green. He's going to launch a long-distance three. Yes! Why not? His fifth of the game, Javon Green. Dialed it up. That matches his career high. Left side, Green. Now to Walker. Here's DJ Patrick. Five on the shot clock. Javon looking to turn the corner. Left side, DJ's going to launch a three. That's good! Contested! He was blanketed, and DJ Patrick makes it anyway. DJ Patrick needed that in the worst way. That should give him some confidence, and that extends the Bulls' lead to the largest of the night. 18 points, 52 34, 10.30 to go in the game. Tomatos pass inside to Hines. Up and under move. He got it to go. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a move in midair by Sam Hines, Jr. 67-46 down the near sideline. Jameer Chaplin. Reverse dunk. A big-time hammer throw down by number 24. Give Murphy the assist, and the Bulls might have just put the nail in the coffin. Chap now in double figures with 10, the third Bull to hit double figures on the evening. In this game, starting to get a little bit chippy. There's a lot of talk going on in the crowd. You can start to sense that a little bit, as well as on the floor. Hey, this is what rivalry games are all about. This defensive effort has been spectacular. Caleb Murphy behind the back a couple times. He's got Adams on him. Both these guys were on the all-freshman team in the league last year. Green, bounce pass to Hines. Double team comes. Goes left side to Caleb Murphy. Shot clock at 11. Bulls being very deliberate here on offense to Green. Almost loaded up another three. Puts it on the floor. Around two guys. Sam Hines with four on the shot clock. Gets to the paint. Goes to the basket. Left-handed layup. Good. With two on the shot clock. The Bulls score again. There's a spin move in the paint and lost. Losing it was Darren Green. Barely got the ball to the basket. The Bulls get that rebound. It's 62-39. Here comes Caleb Murphy across the midcourt strike. Five for their last six. Murphy at the free throw line. To the paint. Floater no good. Tipped all the way out and into the hands of Javon Green. Another offensive rebound for the Bulls. Caleb with eight on the shot clock. Comes back out to the center circle again. Working on Adams. Screen from Matos. Behind the back dribble. He launches from 18 and the move. Good! It is raining buckets for the guys in slime. That was pure nasty, taking the clock down to, to one and burying the jump shot. 64 to 39. The route is on in the war on I-4. I think we have to give some credit to the environment, too. A yeah. great, great home, home crowd environment, and the Bulls have responded to that. Caleb Murphy. Beats his man to the basket. His floater is off the window. Didn't go. Matos with another rebound. Goes up strong. Didn't go. And a foul on UCF. And Byron Matos <laughs> comes out of there like the incredible Green Hulk. These fans are loving this, Joey. They, I mean, to beat this team, just to beat them is something. But to beat the dog out of them is something else. Kaye in the backcourt. They're trying to trap him in a foul. And Mark's going to go to the free throw line. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, he took the shirt out to get himself a little real well, estate there. Get a little comfortable. Yeah, get a little comfortable at the line. Good! 
and everybody loves it. I love when the walk-on score. So does everybody. 74-51, second one. Oh, that's automatic now. He's stroking it from the line now. Shot blocked by Corey Walker into the hands Kyle. of Jameer Chaplin. Kaya wants the alley-oop. They didn't get it. Evans for three. Off the rim, no good. Rebound by USF. Another offensive rebound with 18 seconds to go. And the Bulls are going to dribble it out. Listen to this crowd. Seven seconds to go. The players are imploring this place to go bonkers. They are, they will, and they do. That's all there is. There isn't any more. USF wins it going away. 75 to 51. They draw first blood in the two meetings in the war on I-4. How sweet it is. Indeed, all of that was great. It shows you what the Bulls can do against the Knights and should have a little of confidence because of that. But on the other side, you got to realize that UCF is going to be out for blood. I'm sure that Darren Green is going to make a three-pointer pretty early on and not go over from distance in this one. In fact, the Bulls have won the last three meetings in Tampa, but it's been since February 5th, 2014, since the Bulls won in Orlando. In fact, they have not pulled off the season sweep since 2000. 6.30 will be the pregame show. UCF had a big win against Michigan to end the 2021 calendar. In essence, they were looking like an NCAA tournament team. They turned around, went to SMU and lost. Then they got stunned at home by Temple. They did beat Memphis, but then came the Bulls' loss. Overtime win at East Carolina. Gutted out win against Tulane. And then losses recently at Wichita, where that was one of the bizarre things that has happened lately that you might have not caught. Ricky Council came off the bench, ended up scoring 31 points for Wichita. He was 16 of 20 on free throws. And the next game for Wichita, he did not attempt a free throw. (laughs) So, yeah, UCF has had some slips. And then most recently a big game on Saturday night. In fact, I was watching this in Houston at an establishment where they had this game on prominently. Go figure, the Houston men's team was at UCF, and the Knights rolled at the beginning. Darren Green hit three threes. Crowd was going crazy, and it was 9-2, and then 63-49. to 49. So they've lost two in a row, but unfortunately we just saw that, well, Tulsa had lost a bunch of games in a row and beat the Bulls. And speaking of guys going from one high to a low, uh, did you catch Jariah Horn, the kid who was on fire against the Bulls who scored 23 points for Tulsa? Uh, they played Wichita on Tuesday, and thanks, Jariah, he scored two points. One for 11. Speaking of that Tulsa game, as we'll hear from Brian Gregory here, and these are some comments with Jim and Joey afterwards that kind of give you the overview going into tonight, but also some quality play-by-play at the beginning of the game you might have missed because it was an extended beginning of the game. The calendar flips to February when you play again, and those are these are the dog days of college basketball. The interesting thing about your schedule, you, in your next seven games, you have a driving trip to UCF, a trip to Wichita State, and five home games. I know they're packed in there. It's a little tight, but could could that lend a little stability or a little rhythm to maybe get you going again to have a little stability in your schedule? Well, I think, you know, the, the big thing is, you know, uh, and again, you know, coach speak, you want to get back on the practice court and practice. We're not going to be able to practice very much for the next three weeks. You know what I mean? Uh, but we're going to have to have two really good ones heading into Thursday's game uh, and then you know, a couple heading into that stretch where we played the six games in, in 13 days. But as you said, without other than just a one trip to, to Wichita, being able to, to be at home and, and uh, hopefully dig down a little deeper, maybe on some 
know, we, we're going to have to do a really good job over these next few weeks in terms of, you know, learning from film, too. You know what I mean? And, and I always say the film doesn't lie. So we're going we're to have to be really mature about watching the film and understanding these are some key areas that we need to really address and get better at immediately. And, and you know, the capabilities are, are there. The, the ability to do it on a consistent basis is not there. And that's, that's frustrating for the players. And it's frustrating, obviously, for the coaches and the people watching because we've shown flashes. You know, like I said, even, even, even in the early part of this game up until the four-minute mark, you know what I mean? And then the, the, the challenge for us is sustainability. we got to be able to sustain it. And right now, um, you know, a anywhere from a three-minute, four-minute to a six- or seven-minute stretch is really putting us in the hole. Kind of a weird sidebar, and this seems like a long time ago now, but the, the way this game started, it was just odd. Nine minutes without a timeout, up and down, no stoppages. And I know everybody was gassed. Have you, right. have you seen a, anything like that? We, we had a, one earlier that was kind of like that as well, maybe not nine minutes, and that's why I took the timeout. I could tell, had you know, to. we had four guys asking to come out. Jake Boggs on the handle, out to the top to Chaplin. Fires one inside to Chiwa. He's loose. Jump hook right hand. Good, Russell Chiwa. With 12-12 to go in the first half, and it's back to a one-point game. This is like the Boston Marathon of basketball. <laughs> uh, heartbreak Hill. Brian Gregory's telling his guys, get down, play some defense. They're like, we can't even move. <laughs> We're exhausted. Here's Griffin on the perimeter, asking for a screen. Horn's like, I'm not running all the way over there. Ball fake with eight to go on the shot clock. Horn on the dribble, passes inside, and they miss an easy layup. That was Idowu was point blank and missed a layup. And back and forth we go. We're at 11.35 and still have not had a media timeout. I don't think I've ever seen this before. DJ Patrick down low to Chiwa. Two on the shot clock. Wheels and fires. Misses. Chaplin with an offensive rebound on the backside. And he got it taken away. Off to Griffin. Passes to Jackson. Running layup is good. We are nine minutes into this game. It's 13 to 10. This is a, a frenetic breakneck pace, the likes of which we've hardly ever seen, and now we've got a traditional timeout. Yeah, I was just going to say, at some point, one of the coaches are going to have to call a timeout. There are eight guys at the scores table, and Brian Gregory finally burned a timeout, which turns into a full. I'm exhausted. Let them play, I guess. In case you're not familiar, a little inside stuff here. Maybe you figured it out, but in the men's game, the media timeouts come at the first break after the whistles with 16 minutes 12 minutes, 8 minutes, and 4 minutes on the clock. And so to have no whistle after the 16 and the whistle after the 12 actually was the first whistle. Kind of wild there on the women's side. The format's a little easier to remember. They break at the 5-minute mark or the first whistle after of each quarter. We'll talk about the women's game against Tulane tomorrow, previewing that as well and recapping the men's contest. Said we tell you what happened last night. Speaking of the women, wow, the team that they just played, the Houston Cougars, I said they're going to get it back sometime if they can start hitting their three-point shots again. Well, give them credit because the Houston Cougars were down 10 nothing last night at Tulsa, and they didn't do it with three-point shooting. They were 4 for 23 for the night, but they still put together an amazing rally. They were down 10 nothing at the beginning. They were down 11 points with less than five minutes to go, but... Brittany Onyanjay hit a key three-pointer. They needed a three-pointer at some point. That's why they couldn't come back against the Bulls. They just couldn't hit those. And then get this. Bria Patterson, who's the player that had missed four games, returned just in time to play the Bulls, but really didn't do anything in that game. She hit two go-ahead shots in the last minute and ten 
the lead changed hands seven times, starting with Patterson at 110. I'm not kidding. It went back and forth. Patterson got the rebound of a Tierra Young miss with about six seconds to go. 65-64, Tulsa went down, got a really good look, but it just rimmed out Houston with an enormous win. And as I said earlier in the week, I think Houston's the type of team that could put it all together and make an interesting run when it gets to the conference tournament. Also yesterday, Tulane was playing an out-of-league game against Tougaloo College and had a predictable easy time of that, 97-43. to Of course, Tulane is the next Bulls opponent. I'm going to go ahead and predict the Bulls get more than 43 and are able to hold Tulane below 97. Congratulations to Temple's Mia Davis became that school's all-time leading scorer as the Owls destroyed Wichita State 70-49 and Memphis beat Cincinnati 66-54. Tomorrow we'll actually do Around the American and give you some more details of the standings and that kind of stuff, but I wanted to point out that that Houston team made a nice little bounce back And there was a big game on the men's side because Tulane has been the story of the league. And could they pull off an upset, the green wave of the best team in the conference? Answer was no. The Houston Cougars beat Tulane in men's basketball, 73-62. Also Temple over East Carolina, 71-63. Tonight, the men look to go to 2-6 in the conference with both wins against the Knights. UCF has fallen to 4-5 in the league, 12-7 overall. Airtime 6.30 with Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston from the Addition Arena in Orlando. That's going to do it for Bulls Beat. We'll recap that one for you on tomorrow's show. And again, preview the weekend of women's basketball, of tennis, of golf, track and field. So much happening. And we'll have that softball audio for you from today's media day. Thanks for checking us out. I'm Derek Sharp.